You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Howdy, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. So, I hope you're having a great week thus far. Hope everything's going well. Uh, we are, I am, we are, let us join together and be doing the Say What series um, of Doctrine and Duty. So, it's a special series. We're taking care of things on Wednesday night here. Common statements believers make that they never should. How bad doctrine nev- negatively shapes our conversations. Um, there's so many things that we say that we have no business saying, obviously. We can't retrieve our words, just like you can't put the toothpaste back into the tube once it's out. Um, and we can also, obviously, we can um, seek to um, ask forgiveness and apologize, but again, once they're out there, you can't remove them totally. Words matter. And so when it comes to these things, I want to us to provide challenging, uh, encouraging, correcting rebuke uh, whenever believers say things they shouldn't. One phrase, uh, the first one we looked at was, uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, last time, better to be seen than viewed, or better than the alternative when someone says, hey, it's good to see you. Uh, this one is a big one. I mean, I've probably got, you know, 10, 15, 20 of these. I might have more by the time the series ends. But this is probably the top five. Uh, this one is huge. This one is everywhere. It's as far as I know, it's cultural, it's uh, national, it's uh, international as well. And so that is the phrase uh, called good luck. Now, good luck, that phrase itself challenges the doctrines of providence and sovereignty. So the providence of God and the sovereignty of God, even the provision of God, the direction of God, all of these things are challenged with this phrase, good luck. All of us, I dare say 100% of adults at some point in time in their lives have used the phrase good luck. Uh, When did it begin? Well, um, a cursory glance at the old interweb reveals that it is it has a likely origination of somewhere in the 1400s or 1500s. Uh, many believe uh, that it has a Dutch origin, nothing against the Dutch. Um, and originally, the phrase was some sort of derivative of good fortune. So good luck, uh, good fortune. Uh, another way of saying it is happy outcome. Uh, But all of them, I guess the thing that they all have in common, obviously they mean the same thing, but it's all by chance. So there's no purpose, there's no direction, there's no no foreknowledge, none of that. It's just all random chance. Now, there are superstitions uh, associated with good luck. Um, uh, Some people would say something that they're going to do. I know when I was growing up, my mom would say something and... She started knocking on the on the you know the kitchen table or on the cabinet, and so the phrase is you know hey I'm I'm going to the lake tomorrow knock on wood, uh, you know uh, another one is uh, to carry a good luck charm, <laughs> another superstition associated with good luck. So if it's rabbit's foot or four leaf clover, uh, something like that, um, 
Another superstition associated with good luck is make a wish. So when you see a falling star or uh, when you blow your birthday candles out or something like that, make a wish. You're hoping for something. You're hoping for good luck. Um, there's actually a, a question on the internet. Does the Bible mention luck? And the answer is no. Uh, you can find that one out for yourself, or you can just understand the truth that no, luck is not found in the Bible. Um, luck smacks against a uh, sovereign God, a providential God. Uh, he is our maker, our upholder, our sustainer. He is the orchestrator of all things. And so um, there's no such thing as luck. Uh, we don't need luck, um, good or bad, because there's no such thing as luck. So right away, I want to ask you to begin to change your vocabulary to remove good luck. You say, well, what in the world? I say that all the time. I mean, um, you know, interestingly enough, I can't tell you how many times people have told me good luck. Usually it's not when I'm about to preach, so that's good. So it's usually not in the context of something spiritual. Um, But uh, when I go hunting or go on a trip or going to do something to accomplish something grand and glorious... Hey, uh, good luck, Pastor. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would much rather hear, God bless you, uh, be blessed, Godspeed. Um, I'll be praying for you, uh, something like that. That's that's what fits uh, Christianity, because honestly, okay, here it is, right between the chops here with these words. Um, if luck's not really a biblical concept, should we really be saying it? We shouldn't. So, Strike it from your vocabulary if possible. Um, do religions believe in luck? Does Christianity? Well, first of all, no, we should not. But Buddhism, uh, there is a, a great amount of luck involved in the religion uh, that Buddhists follow. Um, so when you hear it, people are saying, hey, good luck. They're, they're hoping for success for you. They're hoping something good upon you, right? Um, or when they know that you're going to fail, they're like, ha! Yeah, good luck with that. So, so either way, um, it's not good. If it's used in the sarcastic way, you know, it's never going to happen. I don't, you know, I, I have no confidence in what you're about to do. Yeah, good luck with that. Or just the wishing upon someone, good luck. We don't need luck. There is no such thing of luck. We need prayer. We need the blessing, the hand, the goodness of God upon our lives. And so for Christians, be blessed. God bless you. Godspeed. Uh, etc. So that's that's some of the fun uh, background and also just the practical everyday stuff that we deal with um, with luck. Uh, so some of you are really going to have to change, and I really find it. No offense, um, it's it's very generational. Um, so I hear good luck amongst all generations, but the knocking on wood thing um, that's really popular like with my mom and dad's generation. So seventies and eighties. And so, um, that generation, it was very popular for people to say, knock on wood. Um, and you know, I, I wonder about the song. I think I better knock, knock, knock on wood. Yeah. I wonder if that's associated. Maybe so. Uh, but anyways, let's look at some scripture and, uh, dig in just a little bit, uh, with our doctrinal por- portion of doctrine and duty, for the podcast. So Isaiah 45, uh, is a passage of scripture from the Old Testament that argues for God's providence and God's sovereignty. And uh, this is actually really cool because um, Cyrus is a king of Persia, and he is basically described as being an instrument of God. So God, in his sovereignty and providence, will use a pagan ruler to accomplish his will. Uh, again, so there's, yeah, no luck there. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus whose right hand I have grasped 
to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. Here you see a God who is sovereignly orchestrating the events of Cyrus's life uh, to do what God's purposes um, demand. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Beside me there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does these things. Yeah, luck's not going to uh, do you any good. Uh, well, I mean, there's no such thing as it, but if God's sovereign, uh, then then yeah, it, it's just God's in charge, right? And you say, well, where's the freedom in that? Well, the freedom is that God does allow us to make choices. And of course, uh, the, the desire is for us to make choices that honor the Lord. Uh, another passage of Scripture that is strong, uh, strong argument against uh, good luck, and that is Romans 8, 28 through 30. Um, this is really cool. Um, I love Romans 8, 28. Uh, now, here I am talking about luck, maybe a little bit about superstition. I don't know about that. And then, and I'm about to say something that's kind of touchy-feely, but uh, my birthday is 8, 28. So Romans 8, 28 has always been just dear to my heart because it's a really cool verse and the connection to my birthday. But other than that, yeah, it's probably too touchy-feely. So let's move on. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. What a strong argument against good luck. What a strong argument for the doctrines of providence and sovereignty of God. Uh, Ephesians 1.11 actually goes, I guess, to the spiritual side of salvation. It's even a little bit stronger for the sovereignty and the providence of God and against good luck. In Ephesians 1.11, it says, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been, been predestined according to the purpose of Him, who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Wow, what a strong word for the sovereignty of God in salvation. And then in Colossians, uh, and by the way, these are just a sampling of the passages that argue for providence and sovereignty over and oppose and against good luck. Colossians 1, 15-17. He is the image of the invisible God, this is Jesus, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Now we could go on further and read just a powerful passage about the church and uh, things such as that, but uh, I'm going to stop right there because that's that's kind of where the the argument in my opinion for the providence and sovereignty of God lands right there in that Colossians 1 15 through 17. <clears throat> so just on a practical side as we look at the scripture which is our doctrine look at the application which is our duty I just I really want to just challenge you and encourage you 
Um, I think so many times believers hear a sermon or a podcast, and, and I'm not sure what happens, but you know, we hear it and we think, oh, that's good and that's fine. Yeah, but I don't want to change. So I really want to challenge you, really want to encourage you, when you hear that something that you're doing is wrong, why not change? Why not do something about it? What happens to believers who trust in Christ as their Savior and Lord, who trust in a God that they've never uh, visibly seen or audibly heard? They trust in that invisible God with their entire eternal future and destiny, but they're not willing to change today, something so simple as their terminology. Go back to that moment of conversion when you were so excited, so passionate, so, so tearful so wonderfully saved, and, and you just couldn't get over Jesus. And then now you don't want to make a simple change in your vocabulary. I don't know what happens to believers, but beloved, when you hear something that you're doing wrong, and, you have a, and you're given an option or you're given um, uh, the choice and actually an explanation of what you can replace it with, why in the world would any believer not want to do that? Oh, Father in heaven, help us all to have a willingness to change. Help us all, Lord God, to do what you have called us to do. And when we find out we're wrong, help us to repent and change for your glory, and it will be for our gain. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, folks, uh, that's a wrap. I don't know why I said that. I think I've heard it somewhere. That sounded pretty cool. Um, if this week's episode uh, of Say What didn't challenge you or maybe make you a little bit mad, uh, then I'm sure the next one will. And are you ready for it? Here it is. Here it comes. Let's pray about it. Let me pray about it. There you go. All right. Love you guys. Take care. Goodbye. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.